Thank you for joining me for a few moments to ponder 2 Peter. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is episode 66. Peter, having spoken of his experience with Jesus at the Transfiguration and noting the authority of the Old Testament, is now going to address the problem at hand. It's the main issue behind the writing of this letter, false teachers. As you take in today's passage, note how many examples Peter gives and the seriousness in which he speaks of destructive teaching. We'll begin with the last verses of chapter 1 in order to get the full meaning of Peter's words. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just like there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago, and your destruction will not be delayed. God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in gloomy pits of darkness, where they are being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. But the angels, who are far greater in power and strength, do not dare to bring from the Lord a charge of blasphemy against the supernatural beings. These false teachers are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. 
They scoff at things they do not understand, and like animals, they will be destroyed. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are a disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals. They commit adultery with their eyes, and their desire for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people into sin, and they are well-trained in greed. They live under God's curse. They have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. But Balaam was stopped from his mad course when his donkey rebuked him with a human voice. These people are as useless as dried up springs or as mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires, they lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from the lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they're worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command that they were given to live a holy life. They prove the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit. And another says, A washed pig returns to the mud. 2 Peter 2 When we care about someone and we notice that they need some guidance, we often use the experience of ourselves or others to help make a point so that they don't repeat the same thing. Peter is concerned about the church falling just as people and cities have done before. He speaks of heresy and false teachers, evil teaching and greed and slandered truth. It's interesting as he uses a series of four if statements followed by two then statements to help us see the natural consequences sin brings. The if statements are drawn from the Old Testament of God rescuing the godly while judging the wicked. The two men who stood against the evil around them, God rescues. If I'm honest, I didn't want to do a podcast on 2 Peter because of this chapter. Sin, corruption, destruction, dogs and their vomit. It's not a super uplifting piece of writing. Yet in the whole of 2 Peter, and the more I pondered it, I realized how current and important this passage actually is. The world Peter and the early church lived in isn't really that different from the one that we see around us every day. Evil teaching, greed, slandered truth along with lying teachers, I mean, we understand that, we see it. Heresy is a word we don't often use, a 
according to the Cambridge Dictionary, heresy is a belief opposed to the official belief of a church, and that's considered wrong. We have much heresy in our world. Make your own truth. Jesus wants us all to think positive and he'll make us healthy, wealthy, and happy. There is no hell. All good people go to heaven. You are in control. Hmm, they sound nice. Even biblical, don't they? But they're not. It's so easy to be taken in by the niceness of these statements. But nice doesn't make them true. When we read the Old Testament and we hear the hard stories of the angels and Sodom and Gomorrah, we begin to ask, how can a loving God do that? We don't like the idea that sin has consequences. Well, until we're the ones sinned against, and then we expect consequences, don't we? It's a lot to take in. But through the stories of Noah and Lot, Peter is reminding us that God has a track record of rescuing and preserving his faithful people. Peter even brings up Balaam, which is an interesting one. If you aren't familiar with it, the story of Balaam is found in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers, chapters 22 through 24. Balaam, a man of vision during the time of Moses, was asked by a foreign king to curse God's people, Balaam's people, and the king offered him a lot of money to do so. God uses Balaam's donkey to literally speak to him in human words and turn him back to God's plan. God used the donkey to rescue Balaam, to help him stay faithful even after greed had shifted what Balaam knew to be true. Oh, the shifts can be so small at first, can't they? A small lie, a nicer idea of what it means that Jesus is the way. The idea that we're meant to be wealthy because we follow Jesus or that control is good and then it grows. But Jesus came to rescue us from these things. Peter writes, they, the false prophets, promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption, for you are a slave to whatever controls you. Oh, how true this is. So in order to not fall to the heresy and false teaching in our world, we need to know the truth. We need to know what scripture teaches us through the life and words of Jesus. Jesus doesn't promise wealth and health. In fact, he said, in this world you will have trouble. But he also said, take heart, I have overcome the world. He said, no man comes to the Father but by me. But then he says, knock and the door will be opened. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Freedom. I've been giving it a lot of thought lately. Freedom in Christ. The best way I found to explain it is by stating what we are free from 
so that we can see what we are free in when it comes to the Lord. We are free from labels and expectations of this world and free to think and create and feel and be the original person that God created us to be. We are free from the heavy weight of sin, bitterness, unforgiveness, and shame, and free to live into the lightness of His grace, being known, forgiven, and loved. We're free from the consequences of sin in death and free to live an abundant and eternal life with Him. We have the freedom to walk with Him, run with Him, and follow Him. Not because He controls us, but because He loves us. Balaam lived a few thousand years before Jesus, but he did have this to say. I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. Jesus. Even thousands of years before, Jesus would be the rescue. May the freedom and truth of Jesus find you and hold you. May your ears be attuned to what is false so that you can go after what is true. And may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. Amen.